اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم آئی سیک ریفیوج ود اللہ فم سعید ان دی اکست ان دا نیم آف اللہ دا گریشیز دا مرسف السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس بی اپون یو او اینڈ ویلکم ٹو دا ڈرائیو ٹائم شو ود مائی سوف ساد اینڈ برادر زکریا ٹوڈیز ٹاپکس ان ڈسکشن ول بی اباؤٹ آور پرپز اینڈ وے وی اسٹینڈ ان ٹوڈیز ورلڈ اینڈ ان دا سیکنڈ آور وی ول بی ریفلیکٹنگ اپون دا لائف آف حضرت عمر مے اللہ بی پلیسڈ ود ہیم بٹ بفور وی ڈائیو ان Today's two topics, we are asking on our social medias a question. Which Khalifa introduced the Islamic calendar of Hijrah? And type away your answers at Voice of Islam UK. If you want on our Instagram page, then you can type away your answers there. And Assalamu alaikum, Brother Zakir. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam. Peace be upon you too. Um, thank you. I am doing very well. Uh, thank you for asking. How are you? Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, it's been a great day so far and just when I was coming in today, I just remembered this is the last show for 2023, for oh, Tuesday. Yeah, that's true. And we'll meet inshallah with Allah's will in, in 2024 again. Last, last, last show for both of us actually. Yes. Because from yeah, the next time we meet... Next time, I and yourself as well yeah. will be uh, talking on Voice Islam Drive Time. Will be uh, next year in 2024, and it was a uh, the year went fast by. Alhamdulillah. Uh, but I can say that uh, by the grace of Allah, we, um, you know, myself and yourself, we both did very well on uh, presenting many shows in uh, in this year. And then uh, covering lots of aspects, uh, lots of topics that is related to this day and age. Indeed. And, you know, all the guests who came on um, on, on these shows and I would like to thank them. I take this opportunity to first of all thank them before we start off today's show. Mm-hmm. And thank you for all the guests, all the listeners who have been listening to us throughout the year. It's, it's always um, really beautiful you know, to see um, the people coming together and teaching ourselves even our even though we um, even the presenters we we get to learn something new it's true so it's always beautiful to, to learn something from our guests from yeah. our listeners and hopefully we were able to do, do this in in the next year also yeah. hopefully we will be able to do justice to our shows to Indeed. our topics uh for the next year um god knows which topics we will be discussing Correct. god knows what events will be happening next year but uh you know i can pray and wish that the world will turn towards peace and the world will understand the purpose of uh you know our being and, and this is this is what topic. we are <laughs> and this is our topic today so the topic of for the first hour is our purpose who are we in today's world you know mm-hmm. the world is the question of our purpose looms large mm-hmm. beckoning us to reflect upon our existence and role in the grand narrative of humanity as we um, reflect uh, upon all the complexities um, of the 21st century you know shaped by unprecedented by tech advancement for example interconnected global communities and diverse um, perspectives um, the quest for meaning takes a uh, takes on renewed significance who are we in today's world becomes a profound inquiry that 
transcends individual identities reaching into the heart of collective purpose and societal contribution mm-hmm. so it, this question it's been asked by many people um who are we yep. what is our purpose mm-hmm. um being on this earth in especially in this in today's society mm-hmm. then um i always think about you know different religions mm-hmm. what their narrative is about um our purpose yeah it's always fascinating to find out that different religions across the board yes they all have the same purpose similarities it's so beautiful right yes. um that uh, all the religions when you look at the core beliefs core teachings they all are interlinked with islam all are interlinked with each other as well correct um so that means that the founders of the those religions they had some sort of communication some sort of connection although they might not be they might not have met each other but they have the same they they came for the same purpose indeed and and that is something that we uh when whenever we discuss and whenever we learn about their lives and their teachings we can learn that um, and and in Islam we know for the fact from the holy quran and the teachings of the holy prophet that they all came for the purpose to unite mankind under you know god's uh, will Indeed. so what what i mean with that is that they all came um to bring about a peace in the world and in a peace and out of peace both of them right so um like you said the, the you know all those religions they have like different they they have some sort of co- connection with each other so um and well, let's let's delve into more indeed into what some of the religions of they have to and, say know, people <coughs> might not agree with some of the views but i'm here to present what yep. everyone thinks uh, what every religion thinks about roughly mm-hmm. so for example let's say um you know different religions um offer you know diverse perspectives on the purpose of human existence reflecting on unique theological and philosophical frame that um shapes the the worldwide you know world views especially mm-hmm. and some of the overviews i will give you, for example hinduism encompasses um a variety of beliefs and practices but a common theme is the pursuit of dharma which means righteous duty and moksha which means liberation from the cycle of reincarnation mm-hmm. even though we don't believe as muslims we don't believe in reincarnation but this is what hinduism believes about right so the purpose of life is seen as attaining self realization and um, union with the divine yeah so this is one um, point to remember is is the union with the divine so having a connection with someone higher up mm-hmm. right which we believe is allah the almighty he exactly. is the only one being and he's the one um, being which everyone worships exactly this this point that you just mentioned although we don't believe in the f- previous points but the last point that you mentioned is so beautiful that it actually you know is a teaching of islam Correct. as well that our um purpose of life here is also to um uh, you know self realization that who we are and then a union with the divine or connecting with 
the the creator this is this is something that is the purpose of islam as well indeed and for example buddhism mm-hmm. in uh, buddhism teaches <coughs> that the purpose of life is to overcome suffering and achieve enlightenment which is called nirvana mm-hmm. and this involves following the eightfold path which includes principles like right understanding intention speech and meditation meditation and for example judaism mm-hmm. in judaism the purpose of life is often associated with fulfilling the covenant with god as outlined by in the torah mm-hmm. and observing um commandments seeking justice and repairing the world are essential to jewish belief mm-hmm. and for example Confu- uh, confucianism um it focuses on ethical conduction um conduct shows social harmony and the cultivation of virtue the purpose of life according to confucian teaching is to contribute to the well-being of society and for fulfill one's for, uh, familial and social roles uh, with integrity mm-hmm. and if you look into christianity for example christian christians believe that the purpose of human life is to love and serve god follow the teachings of jesus and prepare for eternal life the great commission instructs believers to spread gospel and makes disciples of all nations mm-hmm. and um for example in Christianity, the christianity in the first um point when i was mentioning it the christians believe christians believe that the purpose of human life is to love and serve um god mm-hmm. and indeed as muslims we also believe that there are two um rights which a man has to fulfill which is first the rights of allah allah the almighty mm-hmm. which is huququllah and the second is the um the duty towards the mankind which is the huququl ibad right. so with these two rights which we um have to fulfill it 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 is the um uh, our life purpose mm-hmm. so ho- one side we have to um for example um give our due diligence towards allah the almighty and yep. also help the people which um which he has created on the, on yep. this earth and help them out and um in such a way that they can live a beautiful life mm. forward also and inshallah we will also mention quite uh, some narrations in the next segment um, for example regarding hazrat umar may allah be pleased with him how he as a caliph used to go and help out mm. you know people uh, even though he was a khalifa he was um at the highest authority but he was still going out to help um, um individuals or the general public at that right. time yeah true I mean very beautifully you actually summarize the the purpose of life in different religions correct um but myself yourself we both are um the believers of the um last be- law bearing prophet prophet muhammad who brought the perfect religion which is islam according to us now we also you know invite others as well to learn about Islam and learn the holy Quran so let's delve into the islamic point of view indeed um in regards to our purpose of life you know if we look towards our islamic point mm-hmm. of view and it, you the first thing all muslims go towards is the holy Quran the commandment of god which was revealed to the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him over a period of roughly 23 years mm-hmm. and from that we learn one thing and in the holy quran it is stated that you know i did not create the jinn and the mankind except 
to worship me. It's mentioned in chapter 51 yeah. and um, verse 57. You know, the p- primary purpose of human existence in Islam is to worship and submit to the one true God, Allah the Almighty. Mm-hmm. You know, Muslims believe that life ultimately, uh, ultimate meaning is found in acknowledging the oneness of God, you know, adhering to his guidance and striving to live in accordance with his command. Right. And there is a narration about um, by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah upon him, said, you know, actions are but by intention and every man shall have only what um, that which he intended. Thus, he whose migration was for Allah and his messenger, his migration was for Allah and his messenger and he who and he who um, whose migration was to achieve some worldly benefit mm-hmm. or to take some woman in marriage his migration was for that for which he migrated and this is mentioned in the very start of yep. um the um if you open up sahih bukhari um is mentioned in the very start is the first hadith um um the saying of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam hadith means a narration of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it's mentioned that in al amalu bin niyat that mm. that your intentions are what you go towards for example yeah. and it is so if you are going towards allah and his messenger and this is and this is your intention you, you will attain it you at will one attain point. that you will be rewarded for that correct um so just just the two things i i want to understand that you just mentioned is um the first of all the first thing is God Almighty states in the Holy Quran, right? She mentioned in chapter 51 that um, our purpose and also jinn, uh, which we, uh, from the word jinn, basically means um, any being that is created by God Almighty who we have not met, right? Um, Or who is not visible to us. So any creation that has the mind of understanding God Almighty, um, they have been commanded to worship God. Um, so why, and that is the purpose, why do we need to worship in order to fulfill our purpose? You know, um, to worship Allah the Almighty, mm-hmm. right, is is part of our duty. It's the right we owe towards Allah the Almighty. And he says, that I haven't created men or jinn, but to worship me. Right. So our sole purpose mm-hmm. is to worship the one true God yeah. as mentioned in chapter 112, I believe, you know, the last um, three, um, Surah Ikhlas, 112, yes, um, chapter. It says, ahad Allah is one. Mm-hmm. So from that, we can clearly stay, say um, um, see that there is only one God and he has asked us to obey his command, which is right. to worship him. So we should be worshiping him because um, he is the one who has provided us everything. Mm. And if you look in chapter 1, um, the very first chapter of the Holy, uh, Holy Quran, it says, um, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. That uh, he is the, uh, Maliki Yawmiddin means that he's the, um, for the day of judgment, he is the head, right? He, 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 he be deciding what's going to happen on mm. that day. And, he is the one to who should we we should we should pray. He's the one we should implore for help, and he's the one we should ask for everything. Right. So that's the that's the reason why we should worship mm-hmm. the Almighty. So uh, I understood one of the points. Yes, of all, all of the all of the things I really liked it uh, is that 
the the the, the creation and the 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 sustenance that we have around us mm-hmm. every single thing comes for our benefit so when we just as a human being when we are grateful of what we have we automatically turns towards um you know gratitude towards whatever whoever it has provided for us so it's 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 in a pure nature of human being to be thankful to god almighty now really? god almighty doesn't need our praise does he of course of course he doesn't he doesn't need our praise he doesn't need any praise but the thing is that will enable us um i believe to be closer to god almighty to understand everything that he has created for us to understand the purpose of everything that he has created indeed but and also one thing i wanted to add is a lot of the people who are learning about islam right um i personally when i speak to someone right i don't focus on prayers as in the physical prayer mm-hmm. the way that we muslims do okay first i do tell in the first uh, um you know meeting that you should pray however you can to god almighty to guide you right because without his guidance it's not possible for you to you know find the truth right because um islam is all about logic and the 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 version that islam has given as the version of the promised messiah the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community the promised um um messiah and mahdi who everyone is waiting for Correct. his version of islam is perfect right so the when we try to understand a religion into depth the more we understand it the more we a human being would actually want to get involved in it so Indeed. once 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 someone understands into depth what islam truly is then automatically they will also follow the commandments that Allah has given in regards to the physical worship i mean there are uh, other sorts of worship that you also mentioned that one part of the worship and fulfilling the right of god almighty is to serve humanity or his creation the other part is when you um w- when you basically um do the worship the physical worship right so that is because your body and soul has a connection mm-hmm. and 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 everyone agrees with that or most of you as we agree with that that whether our soul feels like our body feels the same so that's why we have this physical worship that we do um in order to connect with god almighty you know well says a career here you know i just remembered also with this you know in the, in the very first chapter you know, that's why i always say to my muslim brothers mm-hmm. that you know if you just read the first chapter of the holy quran you will yeah. understand a meaning what the whole or the whole quran will be about yeah. it's like a context page yes and each each of the seven verses has mm-hmm. a very in-depth meaning by for example ihdinas siratal mustaqim that that which means guide us towards the right path yeah and it's is first obviously is a verse of the holy quran plus it's a prayer hmm. of for everyone you know um are you we can just pray that to uh, allah the almighty and ask him please um allah the almighty guide us towards the right guide path guide us to the right path yeah guide us towards the right path mm-hmm. and it's 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 a it's a prayer within itself that's yeah. this one line is it's it's a prayer within itself so i always say all to my brother all my my muslim brothers mm-hmm. I tell them make sure you pray this if you're doing some new work make sure you, re- you recite um surah fatiha over and over again surah fatiha is the yeah. first chapter with, of with, the holy with quran. understanding i remember his holiness the the current caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community 
and I believe other uh, caliphs have mentioned it as well. But the 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 last sermon that he has given about the prayers, he mentioned that when we pray with understanding, you know, because we pray in Arabic, but we learn the translation as well, your reward is double. Indeed, you get double the reward. Why? Uh, because you understand what you're praying, and when you and that's why this this verse and this chapter we recite in every prayer every prayer every every single time we stand up for the prayer as well so it is indeed such a powerful prayer that it is uh, you know impossible for allah to turn you away if you pray sincerely that oh god guide me in the right path indeed and you know as took this um, um conversation further with one of our imams um, Imam Munibur Rahman who's from who, who is serving at the moment mm-hmm. in Leicester and I spoke to him about the, our purpose in today's world and asked him regarding the Islamic point of view also and here is what Imam Munibur Rahman had to say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim I seek refuge with Allah from Satan, the accursed, in the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace be upon you all and welcome to the Drive Time pre-record. My name is Saad Ahmed. I am today with Imam Munibur Rahman, who is a missionary serving in Leicester at this moment and also a brother of mine. Assalamu alaikum, Munib, how are you? Wa alaikum assalam, Saad. I'm very well. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for asking. It's always a pleasure to meet you first of all even though we are doing a recording today on the topic our purpose in today's world and i had some questions which i wanted to ask you um for example what does islam teach about the purpose of human life uh, in the name of allah the most gracious the merciful now islam has a very simple yet complex um understanding of what the purpose of human life is and it sums it up pretty well in one verse in the holy quran where it says wa ma wal insa illa that the jinn and the ins which is the hidden things or the hidden creatures or and the humans have not been created except that they may worship allah the almighty so the core purpose of human nature of human life is to make sure that he is always trying to fulfill the rights of Allah by worshipping him and in that way as well, fulfilling the rights of human beings. Exactly. And you know, Muneeb, as you've mentioned the verse of the Holy Quran, But in the context of Islam, how does one balance, for example, his worldly responsibilities and its spiritual um, pursuit to fulfill their purpose? Right. So worldly responsibilities you have to remember that the only world responsibilities that you have as a Muslim is the ones that Allah the Almighty gives to you. Allah the Almighty states it very clearly in the Holy Quran that there are two types of responsibilities. And this has been explained by the Prophet Messiah, uh, may, please, uh, may uh, the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He has explained this many times that there's two types of rights, the rights of Allah and the rights of human beings. So our responsibilities are not only to stand on a prayer mat and just pray to God and um, keep praying to him all day and sit there with our tasbih in our hand. And as we see that some people, they just sit there and they spend all their time in a mosque. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to make sure that people, the human rights are also fulfilled. That is half of faith. 
Uh, and it says about this regarding this in the Holy Quran, uh, regarding the distractions. You mentioned distractions. That this world, that this world is nothing but play and pastime, right? So this, the things in this world are in a way a distraction from the higher purpose, which is the fulfillment of Allah's rights and the fulfillment of the rights of people. Correct. And you know, as you mentioned, the two rights um, which we have is towards Allah the Almighty and the second one is towards the mankind. So how can a Muslim find the purpose in the modern world considering the challenges and the distractions that exist, as you have mentioned? Considering the challenges, first of all, of course, you have to remember that these distractions are there because you are letting them distract you in the first place because you don't have the focus or the um, patience to go through them. And the only way to actually remove these distractions is to have a strong will or a strong motive or a strong motivation. Uh, and that is making sure that you are acting upon the Holy Quran. You need a higher purpose. You cannot just make up your own motivation. You need a higher purpose. Even for people who don't believe in God, they always set themselves targets and goals. If that goal or target is felt strongly enough by a person, he will remove distractions from his life. In fact, what he will do is he will take those distractions and use them to his advantage. For example, we see social media distracting the young kids, TikTok, all these kinds of things. Uh, and we see that the attention span of kids is starting to wane. But what you can do is if you set a goal and a target and you plan it out carefully, especially if you believe in God and you wish to become a better Muslim and you plan it out carefully and you start to act upon the Holy Quran, uh, you will see that those distractions will start to fade away by themselves because your motivation, your motive will be strong enough to push you uh, through these distractions and remove them from your life. Perfect. Zakla, um, Munib, it was a pleasure first of all talking to you and it is always an honor to meet a brother of mine and Zakla for joining us today. Zakla, my brother, it's always a pleasure to meet you as well. So this was Imam Munibur Rahman, who I had the pleasure to talk to earlier. And it, it, the last thing which Munib said was that focus, make sure your aim is correct. And, and for example, if you are aiming towards, you know, gaining the pressure of Allah the Almighty mm -hmm. you put your um, entire focus towards it mm. and leave all distractions aside for example he mentioned some of the social media's um, aspects where you can just be scrolling through um, is timelessly. timelessly and yeah. is, is endless pit for example right? that's true and divert that, the um, intention towards um, the prayer mm -hmm. of Allah the Almighty and focus on it and it was it was it was an honor speaking to him, and and it was a great summary which he did about Definitely, our purpose yeah. and who we are in today's world. Okay, carrying this um, conversation further and talking about justice and fairness, for example, Allah the Almighty states um, in the Holy Quran, "O ye who believe, be strict in observing justice." and be witness for Allah even though it might be against yourself or against parents and kindred. Whether he be rich or poor, Allah is more um, regardful of them both than you are. Therefore, follow not low desires so that you may be able to um, act um, equitably. And if you um, conceal the truth or evade it, then remember that Allah is well aware of what 
you do chapter 4 verse 136 and you know here Islam is emphasizing or placing a strong emphasis on justice and social um, equality equity and, and equity also yes and Muslims are called to work towards creating a just society where the rights of individuals mm-hmm. are respected and the economic and social disparities are addressed also yeah and this includes um, caring for the vulnerable mm-hmm. and for you know the elderly and um, members of the society mm-hmm. and in regards to this you know the prophet um, may peace and blessings of allah be upon him mm-hmm. said you know help your brother whether he is an oppressor or he is oppressed people ask O Prophet of Allah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. It it is um, all right to help. Uh, is it all right to help him if he is oppressed? But how should we help him if he is an oppressor? Yeah. And uh, the thing which the Holy Prophet ﷺ said is by preventing him from oppressing others. Thanks That's God. so such a beautiful thing. Which the Prophet <laughs> Thanks God, the companion actually asked, "How can we help the oppressor?" If uh, <laughs> indeed, if the companions. You know, would have understood the in in the wrong way. Then uh, maybe some ill-mannered uh, people they will actually help the oppressor, right? No, but this is a beautiful question asked as well. That how can we help the oppressor? Um, that is by stopping the oppressor, by um, you know going and approaching the oppressor, oppressor saying and and trying to stop um, uh, the oppression that the. Op- Indeed. oppressor is doing so that, that's the thing um, our purpose in today's in today's, in today's world mm. for example when we started off about Islam, the Islamic point of view is mm-hmm. for example worship and submission to Allah the Almighty and then yep. justice and fairness is basically being able to live in a society where we can function properly mm-hmm. and everything is working in harm, harmonious way and everyone is living in peace yeah so justice and fairness is a really vital part. Extremely important. Um, you know, both the codes from the Holy Quran and the Hadith that you mentioned, uh, it's very beautiful that, first of all, the Quran says that justice, um, you have to uh, observe justice even if you have to go against the closest of your relatives. Even if you have to go against your father, then you have to go in order to create justice. Indeed. What else and how beautiful is it explained in order to uh, observe and create just in the world? And this happened in the time of um, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, mm-hmm. when he was a caliph, a Jewish man was unjustly killed right. and no one knew who killed him. Mm-hmm. And Hazrat Umar took the um, stage, um, he, he went into the crowd and, and he spoke so eloquently, mm-hmm. so beautifully that the person who was who the the person who killed him yep. was sitting in the in the gathering, and he stood up that it was me. Right. So this is the justice which Hazrat Umar showed. Um, may Allah be pleased with him. That you know, even though he's the caliph of that time, he went into the crowd, make sure that even someone who's not a Muslim. Yeah. That his justice was given to him also. Exactly. That if when a Jew was killed unjustly, yeah. that whoever killed him should um, own up to it. And the person who did it um, at that time, he said, "Yes, um, um, Ya Amirul Mu'minin, uh, it was me." Uh, or oh, the um, the leader of the believers, that it was me. Hmm. And he stood up, and he and and then and then Hazrat Umar it's, gave it's, him the it's, punishment. It's very interesting to uh, discuss about the justice that Islam has 
given to us. I, I know Ben Shapiro, when he had an interview as well, I really enjoyed the interview with Piers Morgan when he's actually pointed all the the good things that Muslims did when they had conquered nations and even to this point that he mentioned about the Israel and Palestine that when they were in Palestine, Muslims, right, um, many years ago, I don't remember what era it exactly was, they actually gave refuge to Jews who were persecuted, right, all the Christians and, and, and anyone else. He himself is a Jew and he actually admitted that Islam is such a peaceful religion and the teaching and, and people wherever Muslims were in, in the time of the, the, the uh, when, when uh, the Palestine was uh, in the hands of the Muslims, of right? Course. They 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 followed the teachings of the Holy Quran and they protected others. Indeed. Including the Jews. Of course. Right? So we learn from the teachings that, and we learn from history, not just from the the, the of course, the Holy Quran is the guidance for Muslims, but we learn from just um, leaders in the history that they, you know, showed the most beautiful, um, uh, you know, way of justice Indeed. in in their time as well. You know, um, in in regards to this um, about our today's topic, I want to you know speak about the promised Messiah, the awaited Mahdi and mm-hmm. Messiah, yep. and. Um, upon whom be peace and he's said about the the purpose of our lives and the promised messiah upon whom upon whom be peace um, states about this the primary purpose of the advent of prophets on whom be peace and the glorious aim of their teachings and their preaching is that the people should find their lord and they should be saved from the life that is drawing them to hell and destruction and which is also called a life steeped in sin. In reality, this is the main goal ahead of the prophets. So at this time, to the purpose of my coming, that's promising, that the next, uh, the, my coming at this time is, is for example, my purpose um, of my coming um, and for which God has commissioned me and the movement that God Almighty has established is the same purpose shared by all prophets. In other words, I will I, I want to tell and in fact show what God is and what and I want to guide you to the right way to avoid sin. And this is mentioned in the sayings of the Prophet Messiah, upon we pay Mulfuzad is a compilation of his sayings, volume three, page eleven. And with this, I will also want to go towards our next um, guest we had on. Uh, it was Imam Anas Mahmoud, who is a recent graduate from the Modern Language and Theology of our um, uni- institution of the Ahmadiyya Muslim um, community. And here is what Imam Anas had to say about the purpose of our life. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace be upon you all and welcome to the pre-recording of the Tuesday's Drive Time Show. My name is Saad Ahmed and I am today with respected Imam Anas Mahmood who has recently graduated from the Institution of Modern Language and Theology of the Ahmadiyya Muslim um, Association. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. How are you Imam Anas? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah, it's uh, always a pleasure to be with you, uh, respected Saad Sahib. Of course, it's always you know it's always great um, to meet a brother of mine, and 
first of all, thank you for agreeing to do an interview regarding such an important topic, which is regarding our purpose and why we exist in this day and age. So absolutely. Anas, I wanted to ask you this question. How do you define your purpose in the context, you know, of the challenges and opportunities present in the modern world? I think this is a very, uh, you know, very important and, you know, fundamental aspect in today's changing world. Uh, it's very important to stay rooted uh, to, you know, our sense of purpose and to not lose it. And that sense of purpose can be attained only through, you know, the study of uh, the fundamental tenets of our beliefs. The Holy Quran, the Ahadith, the sayings of the Holy Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the writings and the teachings of the Promised Messiah, so all of these things, all of these sources of authority for us Muslims, they are our guiding light. So these, you know, when you ask us, you know, how do I define my purpose uh, in the context of the challenges of the modern world, the changing world, these are the, you know, the guiding lights. These are the uh, the true, Indeed. you know, sources of uh, the beacons of guidance uh, in, the, in the modern world. And it is very important to also, aside from this, have belief and trust in Allah. I cannot stress this enough because... You know, when you have trust in God Almighty, you have a trust and you have, you have uh, you know, full belief and confidence that whatever is happening in your life, whatever decisions you're making, they, they are through the, you know, the, the knowledge, they are, they, they are the consequence of a uh, belief in God, of, uh, of, you know, trusting in God Almighty when you have, uh, you know, consulted and submitted yourself to God Almighty. So you have confidence and your trust fast to the rope of Allah in whatever uh, you know situation you're in in your life the holy quran actually says such people uh, you know about regarding the purpose of one's life uh, it says in the surah al imran verse 191 that in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the alternation of the night and the day there are indeed signs for men of understanding. And in the very next verse, it explains who those men of understanding are, the, who these men who have, you know, who know their purpose in life, who they are. Remember Allah while standing, while sitting and lying on their sides and ponder over the creation of the heavens and the earth. So in essence, if we keep this uh, teaching at the forefront of our minds. Perfect. You know, and it's, what you have mentioned is, actually completely correct but you know also what i wanted to ask on, on in addition to this is so in the today's age in the digital age and the constant connectivity we have how does it impact your perspective of the purpose and identity so yeah it's good you mentioned the you know the like the digital age so one aspect of the digital age is how uh, you know quickly our technology is advancing um, you know, uh, in this uh, this digital era, this digital age, and how this whole world has become a global village uh, with regards to this constant connectivity that you mentioned. So what is really important for us is to utilize this, is to be at the forefront of this, you know, this uh, tidal wave of new technology and harness the energies it has to advance our purpose. And that purpose is to tell us, to, uh, to tell every, the whole world about the teachings of Islam so that uh, the world can be saved from, you know, the, the dangerous directions that is, it is heading. Because, uh, as you know, uh, Saad Sahib, that yes. it is the teachings of Islam, Ahmadiyya, that you know, the destruction that is uh, heading. Why we need to harness the technology 
uh, and you know this uh, age of digital connectivity and social media and so on and so forth to tell people that this is the purpose of life that they, if they do not harness it if they do not you know take heed of it then this world will end up in, in ruin in complete ruin so this is a perception you know the uh, this changing world this uh, constantly uh, like you know developing world this is a test for the purpose uh, of a one's of a man's life and that is what we need to be mindful of in uh, in our in every aspect of our lives Saad Sahib. of course and you know Anas, if we if we stick with for example the digital age how does islam guide you know individuals in navigating the, the difficulty or the uh, complexities of modern um, um, technology <laughs> you know and its Im- impact on the purpose in life so Saad Sahib, the you know very interesting uh, that you've actually you know touched upon this uh, because this is the beauty of Islam. Its yes. teachings are timeless. They don't, they don't require any other addition. You know, uh, as Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran, it's just coming to our mind now, that this is, uh, the, you know, the final teaching. Uh, the, this, uh, this is the final teaching. There will, there will come uh, no, no more teaching after it. Today is the, uh, that one, the, it says in the Holy Quran, that, uh, uh, that today I have perfected for you, for your religion. So this means that it's, uh, t- these teachings will remain to the end of time. So uh, th- that means that these teachings will keep man, if, if you know, if human beings, they continue to follow the teachings of the Holy Quran, of Islam, mm-hmm. the uh, sayings of the Holy Prophet, uh, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, they will stay rooted to the purpose of their life in this world. And Allah Almighty says in the Holy, um, Holy Quran, in um, Surah Al-Zariyat, uh, verse 57, <laughs> That I have not created the jinn and men, but so that they may worship me. So this is the purpose of man's life, to worship Allah the Almighty. This, so if, in essence, uh, Saad Sahib, that if, uh, you know, if a man is uh, rooted towards this, uh, you know, uh, towards this purpose, then uh, the man, man will not go astray. This is why it is so imperative for man to not stray from his purpose, that is, to worship Allah alone. In, in this ever-changing world. Yes, you know, and in 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 regards to this, and for example, you know, <clears throat> pursuing, pursuing so the success of wealth. So, how can a Muslim ensure that they stay true to the purpose, as you has mentioned regarding the Islamic teaching? So, how can they stay true to the purpose? So, yeah, excellent uh, question, uh, Saad Sahib, because the uh, it is the you know religion uh, itself. As Muslims, we have accepted. We are so fortunate that we've accepted, you know, the uh, the uh, the the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And as Ahmadi Muslims, we've also accepted, in addition to the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, we have accepted the promised Messiah, Islam, the reformer of this age. So this shows that you know, uh, uh, if someone you know who attains and keeps refreshing their their beliefs and uh, keeps keeps true to the core of their religion. They will have success. It is the very proximity of religion in one's life that directly correlates to one's success in worldly life. In in, in short words, like if if someone's always you know is close to their religion and uh, more trustful of Allah Taala, then Allah Taala will give him more blessings in in this uh, in this world. Like I said before, the Holy Quran. If someone follows the Holy Quran, the, the Hadith, the sayings of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the writings of the Promised Messiah Islam. Then they they are you know uh, uh, touching base all the time with the uh, purpose of their life. 
they are connected to their religion. They have a living connection with not only Allah the Almighty, but with their religion itself, which is guiding it in every aspect of their life. This is why it's so important for us to uh, uh, have a living connection with Khilafat as well. Because this is these are all, all you know sources of authority that are guiding aspects of our life. So if the rights of Allah are uh, respected, then Allah the Almighty will bless us in our worldly life as well. And this is this Saad Sahib, I think, is an imperative uh, principle that the whole world needs to know. Of course, and Anas, you know, in speaking regarding the um, worldly issues at the moment, we have seen many um, issues, which, for example, climate change or social inequalities. So how can an individual contribute to a greater sense of purpose uh, on a global scale? This is a you know a, a very very important and very deep uh, subject that you've said. You said how can individuals yes. contribute to a greater sense of our purpose? So in essence, you're saying how uh, you know what part can me and you as individuals play that will change the world? Of course, and this is something that Islam teaches. It's, it teaches that it's the little things in life that make a difference. I, I want to give you an example, if if I if if I may, uh, Saad Zahib. Yes. You see. The uh, the pilgrimage of Hajj, right? So or Umrah, Muslims all around the world they go they go uh, they go to Hajj and they circum circumambulate the Kaaba. Yes. And one thing you always see is that they're all wearing white clothes. No one's standing out. They're all the same, and they're all wearing white clothes. So they're all blended. And the part, the result of this is that you see such a, a vision that is such a, so that is so astounding that thousands of people are, are clad in white clothes. And they're circum- uh, circumambulating the, the Holy Kaaba or during prayer time, they're bowing down to their one true Lord. And then you, you, then you juxtapose this, you con- contrast this with, you know, the Western society where everyone, everything is, wants, to, uh, wants to stand out, where everyone wants to stand out with their clothes. So this is what Islam teaches, that forget who you are, forget yourself. You have to subdue yourself. This is greater jihad to subdue your inner soul, subdue yourself. So that for a greater purpose, you may make some change in the world. This will, <clears throat> so this is how the teachings of Islam, they, uh, they teach that if you subdue yourself, that if you make tiny sacrifices and forget about yourself, then you may, you'll be making a greater difference to the world than if you were to make it all about yourself. Because if one turns to religion, Islam it teaches protection of the environment. Everything is subject to the will and, you know, all power, uh, powerful nature of God Almighty. At the same time, human uh, beings, they uh, represent only part of the creation. Uh, the, uh, in Surah Yunus, uh, the, Allah the Almighty states, Thus have we made you trustees of the earth, kulafar, uh, of, of the earth, to see how you would act. So we are trustees, we are, you know, we take care of the earth, we take care of the planet. So this is how, if we have this mindset, that you know, nothing's not everything's about ourselves. The whole world doesn't revolve around us, but we have to, we have a duty of care, and we have to work together to protect our environment. This is how we can be just uh, uh, you know so more sustainable and tackle uh, these advantage uh, these uh, you know these global issues such as climate change and social inequality. And if uh, people turn to this and people understand this principle and uh, uh, you know stop making this all about themselves, which is selfish, then they can we can actually truly as a global ummah, make a difference in the world, Saad Sahib. So, Anas, um, um, Brother Anas, um, if I come to another point, for example, what roles yeah. do the community or the social responsibilities play in fulfilling the purpose of a Muslim in today's society? 
This is uh, very interesting that you've uh, said this, uh, Satahib, that uh, a community, uh, what, what the role of a community is. So, you know, if we if we if we can go about to uh, we can go uh, tackle this in two ways, and uh, the, these two are both they uh, they reflect each other as well. They you know they affect each other. So mm-hmm. uh, if you look at, uh, from an individual point of view, individualistic point of view, uh, a good uh, you know uh, a good pious community becomes as a result of everyone in the community, every individual person in the in a community playing their part in being pious, God fearing people. So when an individual, you know, is uh, working towards himself, being a pious and God-fearing person, he affects the people around them. And later on, it affects the whole community around him. And the result of that is a good, pious, God-fearing community is created. And that results in uh, the upbringing of a further generation of even righteous, you know, uh, uh, a generation of even more righteous uh, defenders of the faith. So this uh, uh, so uh, again, I have to retrade this point. If it starts from oneself, it starts from a person not uh, uh, pointing fingers at others. It starts from a person looking in the mirror and reforming themselves, so they they can reform the people around them and ultimately reform the uh, the community around them, leading to the reformation of the whole humankind. Inshallah. Yes, inshallah. And also, you know, and as all what you have mentioned today, it all links to seeking knowledge and wisdom. Especially Islam places a very high value on seeking knowledge. In in, to, in regards to this, um, what is the understanding of or of one's purpose in in this contemporary world um, about seeking knowledge? As you say, the teachings, uh, as I said earlier, teachings of the Holy Quran is timeless. Yes. So the Holy Quran has stated, "Rabbi zidni ilma," that "Oh my Lord, increase me in knowledge." So this is a fundamental directive to all the Muslims of the world. Uh, that is, uh, you know, uh, you said you're right, uh, Sartai, when you said that Islam places a good, a good, uh, a great, significant uh, emphasis on uh, seeking knowledge. Um, uh, the uh, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, that seeking knowledge is an obligation upon every Muslim. So you see, the more one learns about the world, the more one uh, uh, learns about the you know stuff he does not know, and uh, different uh, studies and different pursuits of knowledge in the world, all of which are very noble. He, the more he realizes his ignorance and extent of the lack of knowledge that he had. This is if you ask anyone, all the scholars of uh, of the world, if you, even if you ask them about their knowledge, none of them will say that uh, I you know I feel like a. Uh, like I'm the the most genius person. Well, they all say that I would. I wonder whenever I learned more things, I realized how ignorant I was of everything. So that that is what Islam Islam teaches, and it is an Arabic proverb as well. Uh, that man is always learning from the cradle to the grave. So it's not that you know one is uh, too old or too young for something. It is always that uh, learning about knowledge is. Uh, is a, a lifelong commitment, and the ease of learning in today's world is just uh, uh, it just leaves no excuse for you know uh, uh, leaving knowledge or leaving the pursuit of knowledge. We can see you know there's a, we have different uh, resources at our you know at our disposal. We can see uh, is, is the internet is such a vast depository of knowledge that one can uh, you know learn every day about something he does not know. I'm. Um, I would also like to mention uh, uh, a hadith, uh, a saying of the Holy Prophet, may, may peace and blessings be upon him, 
that whoever travels a path in search of knowledge, Allah will make easy for him a path to paradise. So this, as, as you said, Saad Sahib, in the beginning, that Islam places a great emphasis on the, you know, on the pursuit of knowledge, on gaining knowledge. Mm-hmm. We, what, you, what we can see from the saying of the Holy Prophet, Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is that so aside, you know, including worship on top of worship, uh, what another way towards paradise is the seeking of knowledge itself. And I think that Saad Sahib speaks for itself. Indeed. And and as finally, before I let you go, um, you know, the topic of today's discussion is about our purpose and who are we in today's world. And you have mentioned it so beautifully, um, um, all the questions which, which I have asked you. Just, just at the end, uh, just two pointers um, to summarize all of it in two words. What would that be? Uh, in the two words. In two, uh, words, to... in, in two sentences. Our purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes it easier. So I think the, in the purpose of our world, uh, the, the purpose of, of our life in this world directly relates to our connection with Allah the Almighty. If we submit ourselves to God Almighty, then every other path towards success in life opens itself, opens its doors, and we will we will see uh, the whole world in a different light, and our lives will be transformed. So Perfect. that is that is uh, the you know the essence of our life. Perfect, Zakla Imam Anas, for joining us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and hopefully our listeners have learned something new in in regards to today's topic, our purpose, and who are we in today's world. Zakla Anas and. Inshallah, we'll speak in another time again. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Wa alaikum assalam And indeed, a man's a man has naturally been created f- um, for God's worship, as is stated. And uh, Imam Anas has also mentioned that I have not created the jinn and the man, but that they worship me. And in regards to this, the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the awaited Mahdi said, For this reason Allah the Exalted has instilled within man's nature an inclination towards himself and has created man to be devoted to him through the most hidden means. From this we learn that the fundamental purpose for which God Almighty has created you is so that you may worship him. However, as for those who detach themselves from this fundamental and natural purpose of theirs and live like animals and their only purpose in life is to eat, drink and sleep, they become distant from the grace of God Almighty and he no longer remains concerned for such people. God Almighty takes interest in the life of a person who believes in I have not created the jinn and the men but that they worship me and then transforms their life there is no telling when death will arrive and in this couplet it's been summarized very beautifully that do not depend on this unreliable life do not be negligent on the schemes of time you know the wise do not put their trust in this unreliable life death comes and smothers a man without warning now, when man is forever in the clutches of death, who then can be in control of his life except for God Almighty? And 
I believe as we are coming to the end, also Brother Zakaria, this is a beautiful summary by the promised Messiah, the awaited Mahdi upon whom be peace, that you know, summarized so beautifully that the purpose of man's life is that uh, I have created men, uh, I've created the jinn and the men for the worship of me. Wonderful conclusion. Um, thank you, um, Saad, for giving us such a brief but concise and beautiful conclusion. I hope that the people, um, you know, that you um, who were listening to us, that you have understood the purpose that Islam is presenting. It's such a beautiful purpose. Uh, if mankind actually understood it, they would have lived peacefully. So I would like to thank you um, for producing <laughs> and uh, presenting this um uh, th- uh, this First this segment. hour, f- yeah, I'm still with you. Indeed. So uh, do not go anywhere. Um, so we'll be back after the um, after the after the news with another topic. So stay with us. And here is the five o'clock news. You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Auz billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. I seek refuge with Allah from Satan the accursed in the name of Allah the gracious the merciful. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace be upon you all and welcome back to the second hour of today's Tuesday drive time show with myself Saad and brother Zakaria. Well, we we were talking about in the first hour about our purpose and who we are in today's world and in second hour we will be reflecting upon the life of Hazrat Umar and may Allah be pleased with him who was the second caliph of Islam and Zakaria is you know when I was pondering upon this about Hazrat Umar and may Allah be pleased with him and the life he has lived is so commendable and it's what what the summary is before he was, he accepted Islam he was a quite strong very um very um prominent member of the Quraysh definitely uh, the, yeah the tribe of the Arabian at that time it was called Quraysh mm-hmm. and he was a prominent member of that yeah. and he was so um, str- um what um so um strong mentally mm-hmm. and physically you know he we would challenge anyone for any wrestling match and he would win those matches yeah. also mm-hmm. and he was one of the few members who were learned also mm-hmm. at that time and when he um just um, out for the listeners here, when he accepted Islam it gave a new sense of purpose to Islam at that time and the people who were living um, within closed doors they all came out saying Allahu Akbar Allah is the greatest and mm-hmm. proclaiming that they are Muslims wow yeah I mean it's we can never do justice of course one hour two hour three hour the whole day about uh, his life because his life was so incredible that we cannot cover everything especially not in one hour yes, definitely uh, not. so just let's just give a few pointers about yeah. his family background mm. of Hazrat Umar um, uh, Umar bin Khattab how he uh, accepted Islam how he accepted Islam who his family was what his family background was mm. and what happened when he accepted Islam and in, and when he became a caliph um, what 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 um, 
um, milestones he set at that time yep. and uh, how it shaped the future for the Muslim Ummah. Mm. Yeah, let's, uh, of course, we, we won't be able to cover everything. Uh, we try and do our best. But we, we, we try our best. Indeed. So let's start off with uh, his family background. Of course. So, um, the, the, um, about yeah. Hazrat Umar, radiallahu anhu, uh, May Allah be pleased him. Uh, you know the word Razillahu uh, Anu just comes automatically yeah. automatically from the mouth and from very from my childhood I've been learning mm-hmm. these words. So And that means? It means uh, May Allah have mercy on them, may yep. Allah be pleased with them. Okay. And yep. the father of Hazar Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, was Khattab bin Nufil and the name of his mother was Hantama bin Hashim. And you know, and it is but about his the date of birth, obviously at that time, as we all know, that there was no system of recording uh, as such. But people was would say, oh, he was born such and such event after such and such an event, or he was born ten days before such and such day. Yeah. And um, it is mentioned that the date of birth by some narrations that he was um, he was um, born either four years before or after the Battle of Fajar, and. And another narration is stated that he was born in 583 AD. And one more narration is stated that he he accepted um, Islam in the sixth um, year after um, migration when he was 24 years of age, which would mean he, he was born in 590 AD. Um, the fourth opinion regarding his birth is that he was born when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was the age of 20. One right, mm. and you know about the acceptance of Islam of Hazrat Umar It's so beautiful, mm-hmm. and but before um, we tell him this actual story, how he accepted Islam, there was an incident bef- which happened even before that. That you know, a, a Hazrat Umar, um, may I be pleased with him, had a um, girl slave. Which he used to beat up before. This is this is um, a narration before he accepted Islam, yeah. and he used to get tired, and he should stop, and he used to beat her again when he used to get more yeah. um, strength back again. Just to uh, make it clear to you know uh, f- for the listeners is that beating up or treating the um, the slaves was very common at that time. Indeed, in that time. Wherever there were slaves, slaves were not treated, or women were not treated even like humans. So beating up, what you mean meant yes. beating up means that, you know, if he was this disbelieve, uh, displeased, or anything, anything happened, they would they would beat up. Yeah. And this happened, and then the woman, uh, the slave that time, the woman said mm-hmm. that Omar, if you don't accept Islam, then God will um, never let this violence go um, unanswered for. Right, and you know, at you the height of that. revenge, the woman said, "Oh, Omar, if you accept Islam, everything will be forgiven." Right. You know, this emotion of that woman. You see, yeah. even when I was um, when we played the filler, for example, regarding and the Holy Prophet being mercy for mankind, you can see that in in, in his companions also mm-hmm. that the people who are with him. They also believed in the Holy Prophet and they showed mercy. Im- imagine being beaten up, and the woman said, says to Omar, "Oh, Omar, I hope you accept Islam." And all will be forgiven. If you don't, then Allah will be uh, Allah will make you answerable for your um, actions. So much trust uh, that the uh, um, that the slave had actually Indeed. in God Almighty, and f- fearless as well. I mean, but we we can see this 
to this day as well. So that's why you know the title what I always have in my mind is from violence to humbleness. Oh yes. So Hazrat yes, Umar uh, Umar bin Khattab yeah mm. may Allah be pleased with him. Such a short-tempered person from the most humble uh, person humble and patient person and even before he yeah. uh, before he came the caliph yeah. will will dive into him into more detail afterwards the people were f- um, were so scared get asking uh, abu bakr the first caliph of islam are you sure you want to make him caliph yeah. and we will deal uh, obviously into de- um, detail in in the later segment today but you know he was a strong minded individual yeah. and he had such passion he was so vocal mm. and as, as as mentioned before he was also quite um, physically strong mm. and when what happened was uh, he has been also given a title which is um hazrat um umar farooq farooq means um, being able to distinguish between um, the right and the wrong and the wrong okay and the story how he accepted islam hmm. is so beautiful and is so um interesting to learn that how he knocked the the, uh, the door of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he says um i'm here to accept islam hmm. so what happened was at the time um he found out his sister um had uh, his sister and brother law had had accepted islam yep and he was a quite prominent member and he was quite against um the um, um islam as a religion at that time you know and to, so what happened was the quraish came together with the people the tribe came together yep. and told umar about this mm-hmm. and and told the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam peace and blessings of allah be upon him was staying at the house of arqam at that time and his sis- and and while going towards holy prophet uh, he had a and the plan of um killing and in his mind okay today islam will be finished mm-hmm. but on the way he he went through the house of his sister and he saw it is a he heard a, a recitation of the holy quran being recited in the house and he stopped there and he went to his sister's house and his brother in law opened the door and he asked what was being recited right and he says um i i'm i won't be he said no no is is uh, nothing nothing at all right and then they, they asked him no tell me what was being recited mm-hmm. right the verses were from from um surah taha and the first couple of verses were being recited at that time mm-hmm. at that time and what happened was that he um he had a sword in his hand and he injured his um sister um in in the confrontation with his um, brother-in-law at that time mm-hmm. and it, when he saw the blood um on his sister's face yeah. you know there this this was where he stopped hmm. and he says i want to see the verses which you were reading and you know at that time the sister of his umar uh, umar bin khattab uh, may allah be pleased with him said no go perform ablation um, ablation wudu first yep, right yep. wudu and so what what that would do is calm him down yep. take away the anger and then the verses were pr- presented in front of him and mm. he read those verses mm-hmm. and he said very soul professor sir i want to meet him i want to go to him and with his sword while he was holding a sword he went to the house and knocked on the door and uh, when when the professor um acquired who it was and the companion said is um as umar mm. umar bin khattab is here yep i said let him through mm. and he says um what brings you here today and he says um i want to accept islam mm-hmm. and at that very time uh, a 
the narration is that they, uh, I told Prophet said, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. And the, all the companions at that time said, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. Because, you know, such a prominent member, such a uh, um, influential um, individual has joined the, um, the side of the truthfulness. Mm-hmm. And this is how a how has Umar became um a, a Muslim at that time, yeah, and he and 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 he took the um kalima that Allah hmm. that there is no one to worship except except Allah the Almighty, mm-hmm. and this is how he became a Muslim. But Allah the Almighty told the Holy Prophet Sallallahu about this that um one of um one someone prominent um from the um, um tribe will join you. So there were two prominent members at that time. So Umar bin Khattab, radiyallahu mm-hmm. anhu, and, and Ammar, um, who was uh, named um, Abu Jahl, the, uh, the father of um, um, not knowing anything, right? Yeah, Even the though, ignorant. The ignorant one, yes. Yeah. Even though people used to call him the greatest or, the, or, the, or a knowledgeable person. Yeah. But he was such an ignorant person that he ignored the truthful side. But Umar bin Khattab, radiyallahu anhu, became a true follower and you know, it links back to the first um, um, the girl slave who said I hope you join Islam and this this that had a part of it also you know, the prayer she gave him in that time something must have happened with that that yeah. Allah the Almighty made him um, come into the fold of Islam sometimes when you are oppressed um, and you pray fervently for something uh, some it happens. You know, God Almighty, if if He sees in someone that that thing that could be changed, God Almighty changes that person. So there were definitely some qualities that um, you know uh, Omar, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, had that mm-hmm. God saw in him, and He then calmed him down, and then was uh, enabled him to read and listen to the verses of the Holy Quran, and that was the time when he changed his mind actually Indeed. And, and he went to the holy prophet and you know declared that i am muslim and i believe that god almighty is the highest and the reason why he quoted god is the highest is because of course in the society they were worshiping many idols many gods correct so you know the moment he understood that all those idols are man-made and have nothing to do with this, you know, with with our creation, right? And they are not uh, are powerless. Neither can they help you. Neither can they do something. But they, in fact, are fragile as well, right? So that, therefore, when he understood that the the God of Islam is the true God, and that's that's why he said Allahu Akbar. So Allahu Akbar. Whoever listens, whoever says. Uh, you know, scared from Allahu Akbar. Just remember that we just say that Allahu Akbar means God is the greatest. Indeed, right? It, it's not a word of threat. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just it, it means that God is the greatest, and God is the one who is powerful over everything else. Indeed, yeah. And hence, from that day onwards, he was called um, um, Azra Umar Farooq. Um, Umar Farooq. Farooq means the, the person who is able to distinguish between right and the wrong. Okay. And that title was given to him by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of right. Allah be upon him. Beautiful. You know, from being wrong to 
uh, moving on to to uh, righteousness of course uh, is something that he and owned. you know if we dm dive into the character of hazrat umar mm-hmm. umar bin khattab may allah be pleased with him you know is he was he was from the people of quraish and was a, who was learned and he knew how to read and write at the time when the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was commissioned there were only about 17 such people who knew how to read and write 17 people in 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 that area only knew how to read and and, and hazar umar bin uh, umar bin khattab may allah be pleased be may allah be pleased with him was uh, one of those um, learned men mm-hmm. and you know hazar umar despite such spiritual faculties even before his acceptance of islam when the muslims migrated to for example abyssinia and modern ethiopia mm. uh, when the muslims um, were preparing to leave and he saw um, people winding down the houses making sure they because it's it's more safer to leave uh, in night in 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 because they didn't have any street lights at that, that time yeah. so people won't, won't know who's gone suddenly from from Mecca mm-hmm. at that time and hence you know that night hazar umar was walking through um the streets um for patrol patrolling and also making sure everyone is safe and he saw a house which was which seemed to have packed up and everything is was in preparation for a long journey He approached that house and asked one of the companions, "Well, be pleased with with them, um, what the matter was." And she said, "You know, straightforward in her, in her answer and replied, saying that that they were leaving Mecca mm-hmm. because he and his brothers did not allow the Muslims to live um, um, and worship freely um, at that time because Hazrat Umar didn't accept Islam. Hazrat Umar turned the other way out of pain for what he had heard and said." may god be your protector so he was hoping they come back again to to the path which um they were on mm-hmm. but obviously the right path was ihtina sirat al mustaqim guide us towards right which was which is the islam, islam um, yeah. and the true religion mm-hmm. and you know such he has such a character after he um, accepted islam um what happens is in, in that time um refuge was given by um the um the chiefs at that time to make sure okay he's under my protection and someone also approached hazar umar you know umar bin khattab you know is it such an influential person and yeah. such a powerful person that they said okay we'll put you under our protection so no one can harm you even though you have accepted islam mm-hmm. it's all good but we'll give you protection right. and what umar bin khattab did may allah be pleased with him, he's like no i don't need any protection if my brothers and sisters are facing any kinds of um, um, um troubles or violence I I won't go into anyone's protections but Allah the Almighty is mm-hmm. Allah, Allah Allah is the one who's going to protect me. Mm-hmm. So this happened and in the end the age of his conversion um, when he converted to the right path to Islam was around to be said 33 years of age. Mm-hmm. And such a young age 33 is still young and he converted into you know towards the right path and such a prominent I'm saying this over and over again but he was such a strong person individual um a minded person that you know people were um, scared of him hmm. but when he became part of Islam the people who were weak and in the in in the beliefs they all stood up they're like no we are all uh, we we can even because we have more people joining us from hmm. the affluential side for example yep and this this was the character of the Hazrat Umar bin Khattab let's delve into more 
beautiful points and uh, more of his qualities. Um, he was indeed very generous as well, right? Yes. Um, so, he, you know, in the occasion of uh, the Battle of the Book, um, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, actually made an appeal for financial contributions, right? Indeed. So, um, and I believe, I could be wrong, that, God, that, that when the verse was revealed to God, the Holy Prophet, that um, which means you cannot attain um, righteousness unless you spend of what you love, right? Everyone understood the purpose of this. And there were two companions who came and wanted to give everything, right? Or most of their possessions. Mm-hmm. So when they when this first was revealed, um, Hazrat Umar, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, um, he basically, you know, uh, took part in it. And he came to the Holy Prophet and he said that, um, you know, here is what I can provide, O Prophet of Allah. And... Uh, the Holy Prophet then asked, um, right, so have you left something behind for your family or not? And uh, uh, Hazrat Umar then replied, uh, yes, I left half uh, for my family. And he thought he has done a lot. I mean, imagine half of your wealth you give immediately when you know, a Prophet of God Almighty say, says that you know, give whatever you have, right, from everything loved that you have. Now, he gave the half of it. Right, but then he came. Um, th- actually, the first caliph of the uh, of Islam after the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. He came and he gave everything. And in fact, I believe that he came before, even before Hazrat Umar came, mm-hmm. and he gave everything he had. And uh, and it's so, so beautiful. And then he realized that I cannot compete with with uh, okay. Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him because he his state is much much higher than me but still you know giving half of your wealth just because the Holy Prophet has said that is incredible I mean I don't I don't think that anyone to this day would actually be able to do that maybe they would but then you know this is the the quality of generosity that Indeed. he had Likewise, you know, um, the incident of regarding when the words of prayer of Adhan was being revealed. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, as Umar always wanted, uh, Umar bin Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, always wanted that we should have some kind of um, a, 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 a thing where we can call people. Mu'azin. Uh, someone someone yeah. to come. Uh, because, for example, different religions had, for example, a bell or some kind of tone yeah. which they used to play. Mm-hmm. And people used to gather in the places of worship. Mm. And he also wanted something that, you know, this should be done. And Umar said, As-salatu al-jami'ah. The, the mosque, uh, it's, it's time for prayer yeah. to, to come, and, and to come, to come to, mm-hmm. together. And these were some of the words. But one morning... He heard Hazrat Bilal, who was a companion and, and a, a freed slave um, at that time mm-hmm. uh, of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. You know, he was reciting the actual words of Azan, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest, full times and lie, Ashadu Allah, ilaha illallah, that I bear witness that Allah, um, that, that there's none which worship except Allah the Almighty, and so on and so forth. And what happened was, Hazrat Umar woke up and said, I saw this, I heard these words in my dream. Hmm. And 
he wanted to, and he went to go to um, tell the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, about what he saw, what he heard in the dream, about these words. And the Holy Prophet said, um, before you, another companion came mm-hmm. and he told me about these very words which you are just stating in front of me. Yeah. And, you know, he said, because you have said it, I believe it even more. Hmm. Because Umar was such a humble person yeah. that he said that I believe but these words were revealed by Allah the Almighty. Hence, from that day onwards, the pray, uh, call for prayer hasn't changed. It always has been the same. I mean, it's very beautiful as well. Yes. Because um, I remember there is an incident in um, uh, in India somewhere that um, there was a muazzin. A muazzin is someone who calls for the prayer. Um, you know, back in the days, they used to stand at a high place and they used to call yes. for prayers. And then when the mics came, then people used to announce through the mics, right? Uh, or, you know, call for the prayers. And there was a, um Indian lady who I believe was Hindu. Mm-hmm. You know, she used to listen to the azan or the call to prayer. And every day she was amazed just by listening to the, the, the call of prayers, she became... Uh, Muslim, just remember that a melody is one thing, but then the words of God Almighty is another thing. Just accepting because you heard something, right, beautiful, is something that Allah Ta'ala or Allah Almighty guides you to. So someone, anyone with a pure heart will always be... Um, uh, Attracted to something which is which is which is which is from God. Indeed, and if it's and regarding the um, prayer or the calling to prayer, and when uh, when the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him passed away, Hazrat Bilal may Allah be pleased with them never um, gave um, the call of prayer anymore. But once it happened that at the time of when Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, as, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, became the Caliph, mm-hmm. and a prominent companion passed away, and he asked Hazrat Bilal. May Allah be pleased with him to call the um, prayer towards Azza, uh, for for namaz, right? For prayers, call, call for prayer, hmm. and he graciously accepted um, the invitation, and he called the prayer of um, uh, call of, of call of prayer for uh, that that time. And you know, these are the things about Hazrat Umar bin, uh, bin, uh, bin bin Khattab that you know, may Allah be pleased with him. That he was such a humble person that you know when. He wanted something which which he has which he had in in his heart. For example, he wanted alcohol to be banned because he he, he said this is not correct. Yeah. Because he thought it is is influencing people in in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. What he did is he went to the Holy Prophet sallallahu He told the Holy Prophet sallallahu about this, and what happened was a couple of days later a command came from Allah the Almighty that mm-hmm. um, alcohol is haram. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, drinks which intoxicate you are haram, hmm. right? Which is forbidden. Right. So th- we 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 have to understand, and um, for the uh, for you, um, you you're listening up as well. So remember that all the commandments didn't come just like this. Indeed, like you said before, the commandments came in a period of 23 roughly years. twenty-three years. So the commandments came slowly, slowly. So every single time there was a need for a change or f- um, for an improvement or to teach Muslims a special uh, thing that will remain Indeed. for the end day, till the end days, um, the companions or the Holy Prophet, most of the time, would you know be revealed by God Almighty that this is 
what needs to be done now. Indeed. So step by step. No, it's impossible no, it for someone uh, to because follow the 700 <laughs> commandments that no. is mentioned in the Holy Quran in, in one go, of course. Obviously, because we, we have one hour and uh, we're trying to um, go through the life of Hazrat Umar bin Khattab yeah. in very quick pace, I would say. Yeah. So it, we're trying to keep our um, level best to give a better glimpse than uh, very we brief, brief but I hope you, it will it, 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 it will, will be it will be shif- sufficient to I hope Understand. to go and and, and maybe Who? maybe whenever you have time then you can learn about him as well Indeed. I, I see a book in front of myself as well Khilafat um, Rashidin uh, so maybe this is a book that you can read by uh, the the author is uh, Meza Bashiruddin Mahmoud Ahmed, which is the second caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim Indeed. community. So yeah, I mean, of course, we won't be able to mention every single point, but if you want to go and research yourself, then you know, yeah, more than it's more than welcome. And then and one more thing which came up was, for example, the veil or the parda, which 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 is called. Cool. Oh, he he always wanted that there shouldn't be any free mixing. Yeah, it told this to the Holy Prophet peace and blessings. There was no be. free mixing at that time, but uh, he the veil wasn't there. Yeah, yeah he wanted to. Make a stop on, on to this, yeah. and a command came from Allah the Almighty in into regards uh, mm-hmm. about the veil. And one thing which which was beautifully said by the Holy Prophet uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in a gathering was this: If I had not been raised as a prophet or Umar, you would have been raised as a prophet in my place. Mm-hmm. Now, this was the beauty of the nature yeah. of Hazrat Umar, uh, Umar bin Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him. That, that he that had the qualities that the of, quality of being had. a prophet. Yeah. And even you know, the Holy Prophet, وسلم, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said this, that um, there is no angel in the heaven that does not respect Umar and no Satan on the earth but that is afraid of Umar. And in one more place he said, yeah. Satan even avoid the shade of Umar bin Khattab yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true I mean there are incidents where he was very strict in regards to some of the traditions that were still followed by Muslims and, uh, and, uh, and I just don't want to mention the whole story but the Holy Prophet smiled and said that um, you know even Satan you know runs away from Umar uh, Umar al-Khattab or, um, so yeah it's a uh, Beautiful. Okay, so what else can we discuss? Um, For example, um, when the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace oh, yeah. and blessings of Allah yeah. be upon him, when my Lord Prophet passed away, Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, mm. may Allah be peace, became quite emotional. And he said to the people at that time, I'm paraphrasing here, paraphrasing here, yeah. that whoever says that, you know, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed away, yeah. um, he, I'll, I will kill him, hmm. right? Hmm. He had such passion for him because he said he cannot pass away, hmm. right? And but, but Hazrat Umar, uh, Hazrat Abu Bakr um, Sadiq, um, the first caliph uh, um, of the of Islam, you know, said that no, he has passed away. And this, for example, this was said, and what was recited was that, um, and Muhammad is only a messenger. Verily, all messengers has um, have passed away before him. Yeah. So, verily, all messengers have passed away before him. We have to understand yes. that um, Hazrat Umar, just for the moment, could not comprehend that the most beloved prophet was actually passed away. Has passed away, indeed. You know, it, it, he was actually thinking that, you know, no, he will just, he will wake up again. So, he, he has, he's not gone. And he was very, very passionate. Very passionate to that extent that he, you know, stood up with a sword and he said that, you know, if anyone says that uh, he has passed away, then I would 
you know, separate your head, or I will kill you immediately. But um, look how beautifully um, the first caliph, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, stood up and said that, uh, you know, Omar, sit down, okay? And he said these verses that Jesus mentioned that verily, Prophet Muhammad is the only is only a messenger, which means God Almighty is saying that he was a prophet, but also a human, and every human, you know, they have to taste um, death or they pass away, like all the other prophets have passed away. And this, the reason why he mentioned this first, is to make it realize, Prophet uh, Hazrat Omar, not just him, but everyone else. Even if they thought or ha- had a misunderstanding, you know, understanding that no, you know, we believe that someone is still alive somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. When this verse was recited, and when it was clear to everyone that all the messengers passed away, and the most beloved person has passed away, no one stood up. In fact, everyone started to cry, Indeed. to cry, and they then said that um, you know, no one stood up and said that. Someone is still alive. Elijah is still alive. Our um, Prophet Enoch uh, is is still alive. Uh, Hazrat Idris, right? Or Prophet Jesus is still alive. So the the difference between us and others, you know, some of the others, right? Especially the Ahmadi Muslim community and the others, is that we don't believe. From the Holy Quran has so many verses that is clear cut about the death of um, Jesus. That he indeed has passed away. Indeed, if someone had believed in, uh, you know, that he still is alive, then they would surely have stood up. And the second coming of the promised Messiah was Hazrat Mirza Ghulam. Exactly, was born in a a town, a, Qadi, a town in um, of India called Qadian, and he was born in eighteen thirty-five, and he was the awaited Messiah and Mahdi for. The, the people so this this we have to understand that uh, you know the the reason why I'm mentioning this is because this was the first um, time all the um, companions they actually agreed upon the point that there is no prophet coming indeed but this was an incident from his life that happened and we have witnessed it and everyone agrees with that that no one actually stood up to say that how can you even quote this first and what is the point of quoting this verse where you know because Jesus is still alive or any other prophet yes, is still no alive one, no one stood right, up at that no time indeed up. Yeah. so you know Zakaria the elections of Hazrat Umar bin Khattab yeah. anhu, how that happened you know when on the deathbed for example um, on on the deathbed of Hazrat Abu Bakr the first caliph, uh, yeah. caliph of Islam and sought you know, advice of the companions may Allah be pleased with them all um, on who should be appointed? So here you have to remember is the caliph was being appointed while the um, while um, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was still alive and the discussion was happening. Yeah. And being appointed, and I will tell you after how the um, caliph um, electoral college came into existence. Also, uh, who who to be appointed? The majority gave their opinion in favor of Hazrat Umar. 
Right. Some of them raised only one concern, one reason of concern that Umar, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, was very strict by nature <laughs> and he might be hard on the people. He, mm. he'd, be, he'd be hard on the Umar. Mm. And you know, Hazrat Umar Sadiq, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, said that the harshness of Hazrat Umar would vanish when he is burdened with the responsibilities. Mm. And thus all the compa- companions agreed and uh, upon the um, Khilafat of Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, um, may Allah be pleased with him, as you know, with the health of uh, the first caliph was deteriorating at uh, that, that, that time. And when this happened, he's um, with with the support of his wife, Hazrat Sadiq, um, his wife's name was uh, um, Asma, may Allah be pleased with her also, with trembling hands and feet, went to the mosque and addressed all the Muslims and said, I continuously deliberated on who should be your caliph, caliph after my demise. After much contemplation and prayer, I have decided to nominate Hazrat Umar عنه, as Khalifa. So Hazrat Umar will be the Khalifa after me. Uh, all the all of the companions and others agreed to this and took the allegiance of Hazrat Umar after the demise of the first Khalif, Hazrat Abu Bakr Sadiq. However, obviously at that time, there wasn't any system in place. But at the time of um, the death of uh, Hazrat Umar, you know, he was quite a systematic um, uh, individual. He in- introduced many different um, 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 departments in Islam, for example, the national um, treasury, battle mall, um, irrigation, um, the Majlis Shura, which Shura means a place where people come together to give their advice. Uh, I'll give you an example. For example, we elect an MP, the MP goes to the parliament and the voices are heard through him. Uh, our voices are heard through him in the, uh, in, in, in the parliament. Hence, this was started um, by Islam Many, many, years many, ago. many years mm-hmm. ago, and uh, that, that was called Majlishura, uh, mm. um, and it's also quite active in in the Ahmadi Muslim community, where, yep. um, where throughout the uh, once a year, the whole people come together, and the elected members from different areas, and they give their ideas or what needs to be done better. Mm-hmm. But we'll go into that in, in depth a bit later. Right. So, but I want to say about the election of Hazrat Umar, how Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, the second, third caliph was elected, you know, when Hazrat Umar was injured and realized that his demise was imminent and he nominated six persons um, and advised them to elect the Khalifa from among themselves. And these individuals were um, included Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Of, Hazrat Saad bin Al-Waqqas, um, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Talha. May Allah uh, uh, be pleased with them all. In addition to that, them he included Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar as advisor, but did uh, but did not declare him as entitled to Khilafat. He also admonished that these people should um, give the verdict within three days, mm-hmm. so it shouldn't take longer than three days, um, um, and a Khalifa should be appointed. Mm-hmm. And he appointed uh, Mikdad bin Al Aswad to oversee the um, consultation of the Electoral College at that time. So a system, while he was uh, on his deathbed um, and he knew he's going to pass away soon, uh, he made a whole system of how a Khalifa should be chosen after he demise, uh, after his demise. But in during that time, he told um, one of the companions, okay, t- 
until a new caliph isn't decided, you should appoint a member and he, he told him the name of the companion mm-hmm. he should be leading the prayers during that three days of yeah. period while this was happening and after three days um, it was decided after many um, withdrawals of names and so on and so forth within the um, due to time shortage I was cut it down a bit mm. and the Hazrat Usman bin Afwan was um, elected um, was ch- elected as the third um, successor of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings right. of Allah be upon him so this is how the electoral college of Khilafat was also started right. and this is what it was all about mm. but we'll come back obviously to the um, caliphate of um, the time of Hazrat Umar how what he did so one of the um, things that he did was also um, uh, make an electoral body indeed um, in order to uh, you know appoint people who will actually be um, electing the upcoming pro- uh, caliph so we have to remember we believe that this doesn't really happen just only by humans choosing a leader for them no the 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 way it happens is that because every leader that is appointed by god a prophet and their successors are you know man of god who lead the believers even the electoral body or you know among the, when when a prophet comes he establishes a community of believers believers true believers of god almighty and those true believers when when the prophet uh, you know passes away those true believers in their hearts god almighty puts that person's name who he thinks is the most suitable for that time so every single time when a a, a caliph was uh, appointed it was not directly through humans but through god almighty so yeah. we have to remember that so we have to uh, and this is our belief that all the caliphs um until um hazrat ali may allah be pleased with him so the fourth uh, caliph all those caliphs were from god almighty and then when there was a dissension that happened and when lots of problems started to create then the end of caliphate came Indeed. because he god almighty knew that there will be a time again when the caliphate will be established through a prophet and in the hadith and the sayings of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him it is also mentioned that you know the caliphate will be reestablished will be established on the precepts of prophethood after the the, the prophethood of uh, prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him um just a small correction i want to make here i said deathbed obviously he was he didn't pass pass me a natural death but he was martyred so there wasn't any deathbed i i think i do apologize for yeah. the listeners mm-hmm. so that's why i wanted to correct myself before the end of the show but going back to the topic um obviously the time of hazrat umar radiyallahu anhu and the, the the things he had done the the hope he gave to the yeah. people just a um narration for example two empty pots and it, it sounds quite interesting right two, two empty, empty pots it's quite interesting okay. so a woman she was cooking stone and water on 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 pots and stone and water stone, why and it's quite interesting that i that mean who cooks stone and water yes. so she didn't <laughs> I've, have i've seen i've seen uh, yes. some 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 very funny videos where people fry stones just stones i don't know why they do it but but that time it was a bit more serious that you know they didn't have anything to eat at home and okay. the children were crying of hunger and she put on um two pots with stone and water inside them 
and would, so they can hear the noise and think and, and think chill, that something, something is being cooked. Something is being cooked, and yeah. they will cry to sleep. But what happened was, you know, that when the Holy Prophet, uh, when Hazrat Umar found about this, and and he he rushed towards the national treasury, and he picked up mm-hmm. the food. Um, it was wheat and some other stuff. And um, but while he was picking it up, a, a guard came to him. Ya Amirul Mu'minin, Muslims, oh, oh, leader of the believers, why are you carrying this? I will carry this for you, right? Yeah. I said. Will you be carrying my burden on the day of judgment? Wow! Right. <laughs> so if one person is going hung- hungry in my um, um, in my area, under I, my supervision, I, under my supervision, I should be the one responsible for their for them um, to be um, fed properly. Right. And so he went, and he dropped off all of this. And one beautiful thing about that was she didn't know who has Umar bin uh, bin Khattab was, and she said, "I wish you were the Khalifa." Right, beautiful. And I remember that was a time, and of course, there is always downs and ups, right? That was a time, and after his caliphate, it it doesn't happen Indeed. suddenly that uh, you know poverty just goes away, right? It happens slowly, slowly, slowly. And I believe, and I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, you know the caliphate was there, the you know justice were, and lots of things were you know uh, happening at that mm-hmm. time, and. Slowly, slowly, there was a time when there was actually no one who came for sadka. So people were like uh, a bit worried that who are we going to give sadka to? Sadka means you know charity to, because poverty was gone fully. Of course, the system of um, zakat was established by the Holy Prophet during his time, and it was very successful. But you know, it took time, and it took time till you know all the uh, poor people were became you know uh, middle class or at least you know they had enough sufficient to survive. Indeed. And and in the time of the caliphate as well, there was a time when you know it was so beautifully established of the the the, the systems of Islam and zakat that uh, there was a time when no one actually was there to receive zakat uh, uh, or uh, receive sadqa. Mm-hmm. So everyone was you know through the perfect leaderships of of the of the caliphs that there was a time when there was no one who actually asked for 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 money everyone had enough and sufficient correct you know my staying with the subject of about the caliphate of umar it wasn't just the muslims he was looking after but also the non-muslims he was yeah. looking after so there was there is a narration that a jewish man who who ha- was wearing some thorn clothes you know he didn't look he, he looked in a state of, of being a, a beggar for example mm-hmm. and when has umar uh, acquired about why are you in, in such a state he said uh, the taxes or the jizya is too high i can't pay uh, any tax yeah so the taxes are you pay to to um, to the government right we, yeah. which you even pay in in today's world also. just one thing i want to add yes. is look, from both sides taxes were paid in one way or another yes because Muslims, they were commanded to zakat. pay zakat or sadqa, right? And the establishment of, Indeed. you know, sacrifice, financial sacrifice was there already. Indeed. Right? So Muslims were already paying, right? In order to establish a, a flourishing community to help the people in need. But those who did not want to accept Islam, for them, it was... You know, yeah, another the, the, form of text. Uh, another form of text, which was uh, jizya. Uh, jizya. Yeah. And you know, he, he told the Muslims, you know, you guys are 
for people here to to make them feel at ease, not hardship. Mm-hmm. So what he done is he took away the jizya, uh, the tax. So he's not paying any tax at the moment, but and he on top of it gave him some extra um, st- um, 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 stuff with it, so he can at least start off his life back again. Yep. So this is uh, this is the true teachings of Islam, that you know, easy um have um ease over hardship. Yep. So the people around you should feel at ease. And this was the, the actual teachings of Islam, um, um, why Islam had come. It was um, to teach and to guide people towards the right path. Mm-hmm. And you know, these are the things we should always remember, that this was has Umar bin Khattab did. And there are many numerous stories. <laughs> and I can things. go on, for example, there's another story I want to come into. And it says, you know, when Hazrat Umar returned from Syria to Medina, Medina is a, state, a city in um in the modern days uh, Saudi Arabia, as you all know. Mm-hmm. And he separated from the others in order to acquire about the people, meaning, i.e., he separated himself from the caravan in order to acquire about the conditions of the people. And he passed by an elderly lady um, who was living in her tent. He be- began inquiring about her situation, to which she replied, What has Umar done? The woman replied, what has Umar done, right? Mm-hmm. And Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, anhu, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, he is here, he has returned from Syria. And he said, oh yeah, he's here, and he's returned back from Syria. And the woman said, may Allah not bestow any goodness upon him from me. And mm-hmm. that's what, these were the words of the woman at them, because she, she was living in a difficult situation at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And Hazrat Umar didn't reveal himself to her, and he replied, what be unto you, i.e., why sh- uh, would you sh- say such words? And she replied, ever since he has become the ch- Khalifa, the Caliph, I have not received a single um, allowance, neither one dinar or dirham from him. And upon this, Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, said, Alas, how would Umar know of your condition while you're living in, in, in the jungles? <laughs> so the the truth is, he was taking care of everyone, but she was isolated, so no yes. one knew about her. And <laughs> the, the, what happened was that the lady did not know that what uh, what she was um, that she was speaking to actual who, who she was speaking, who she was speaking to as okay. Umar bin Al Khattab, right? And she replied, "Holy is Allah! I do not believe that someone can be appointed as a rule over the people, right? And he remains heedless of what is happening." around him so she said these words how can Allah appoint someone and he doesn't he doesn't know what's happening around his area yeah. it doesn't matter regardless where they live regardless yeah. even if, if they live in, in a jungle, jungle doesn't matter I mean, he should know about it right <laughs> right and Hazrat Umar began crying and said woe to you O Umar woe to you O Umar right so he was he was uh, it's like um, how many similar complaints will there be each one of them understands faith more than you. Hmm. So these were the words of Umar bin Khattab. Like, how many complaints would there be around which I don't even know about? Wow. If I just found out about this one um, lady, how? what should I do now? There must be many other people who are actually in need. Indeed. Who are not visible. And then has Umar asked her, how much do you seek in uh, um, uh, for the injustice, right? Hmm. And I would like to save him from. And he said, Umar, without revealing himself, said, "I would like to save him from the hellfire," meaning to save Umar himself from hmm. hellfire. Yeah. And uh, and inquired how much it would be to take 
um, to make amends for this injustice. Yeah. He said, do not mock me. May Allah have mercy on you. And Hazrat Umar, um, please him, replied that he was not mocking her and he kept on insisting to tell him mm-hmm. until he managed to pay 25, 25 dinars as re- um, recompense, uh, recompensation uh, for the injustice done against her. Mm. So without telling her, and, and she prayed for the individual who was standing in front of her, uh, who was Umar bin Khattab. And this was the, you know, this was the humbleness. As mentioned before, um, the, the title I gave, From Violence to, violence to Humbleness. Mm. This, is, this was the true um, teachings of Islam, which um, Hazrat Umar bin Khattab you know, was following. Yeah. Um, from which he was taught by the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him yeah. and that's why um, the Holy Prophet even the Satan is scared of your shadow <laughs> I mean he was indeed very fearful of God Almighty but also very strict when following the uh, in the commandments of God Almighty indeed um, okay so we're coming towards the end of the of the hour but we still have some time to discuss how his demise was and and you said it before as well that he was martyred right indeed um well hazrat umar uh, would pray to the martyred uh, in the way of god almighty and for it to be in the land of the holy prophet so god made in such that even his prayer um of hazrat umar was accepted so he basically wished to be you know, um, uh, martyred in the way of Allah Ta'ala by, of course, not, you know, willing to uh, take suicide, but being martyred means by protecting, through protecting others as well. And, um, you know, you're reading a book at the moment, Khilafat um, Rashidin by Hazrat Mizar Bashiruddin Mahmoud Ahmed, may Allah be pleased with him, um, the second caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community. He actually commented um, commented on this desire of Hazrat Umar um, and he explained the rank of him regarding whom the Holy Prophet himself uh, said that if there were a prophet right after him it would have been Umar right? and you mentioned this earlier as well Hazrat Umar was attacked on the 26th of Dhul Hajjah which is the 23rd um, um, after 20th uh, Three years after the um, uh, the migration, migration of of the Holy Prophet from Mecca to Medina, um, and he passed away on a Wednesday, um, uh, and 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 he was buried on the morning of one Muharram on the twenty fourth of um, uh, the migration after uh, after the migration of the Holy Prophet, and he was, you know, leading. And how did it happen? He was actually leading a prayer uh, and when he was attacked and stuck by a knife. Um, as the attacker was fleeing, he would attack anyone who was in his way and thus killed seven other uh, who just came in, in his way. And he was apprehended and upon realizing his fate, he passed the knife over his own neck. Then Hazrat Umar was informed who his attacker was and the slave, uh, and, and he came to know that it was a slave of uh, Mughayra. And Hazrat Umar then said, um, you know, actually thanks, gave thanks that his attacker was not someone who was a Muslim. So he was, of course, um, you know, the least, uh, the last thing that he could actually 
uh, think of is killing from some someone of his own, right? So uh, it was someone else. Then Hazrat Omar was carried to his home um, and was given something to drink, but whatever he drank, it came out from his wound. So he was you know, cut from the throat. Um, so then the companions, they realized that uh, he, you know, will not survive this, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, a very, very painful incident because it was the most loved at that time, uh, in, in his time, of course. Um, and his last wish was that, you know, he wanted to, um, you know, uh, be buried next to his friends. And who were his friends? The Holy Prophet and Hazrat Abu Bakr because they were buried next to each other and he wanted to be buried next to them as well. So, and this is um, when when he was buried next to them. So um, about the appointment of the next caliph, you already mentioned, so there's no need for mentioning yes. that. But, um, you know, uh, it's very painful to Indeed. hear that such a beautiful and such a great leader was you know, killed by uh, someone who hated Just one him. more thing I want to add here. You know, he was a protector of all faiths. And when he was going to a journey in Jerusalem, yeah. and the priest said, you can pray in the church, he said, no, I won't pray here. Because if I, after my demise, Muslims will take over as, and make it as a mosque. Yeah. Hence, he prayed on a side. And that um, area was then after, uh, became a mosque and named um, the Mosque of Umar. Masha. So he always tried to protect. The, the rights of all members, all people, all mankind. He cared for every single person. He made sure that faith, uh, every single person. Indeed. Mm. And he made sure that everyone, uh, um, that he follows Islam to the letter. Mm. And as we come to the time, uh, hopefully we are able to do some justice to the topic of <laughs> the life of Umar bin Al Khattab. Uh, um, may Allah be pleased and I would like to thank Zak- Brother Zakaria, Brother Akib, um, Sister Faiza for making um, the production of um, today's show and inshallah I'll be seeing you guys next year in 2024 on a Tuesday. Till then, Assalamu Alaikum, Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh, peace be upon you all.